Welcome to the Who Cares podcast. Care matters. You feel better when you know somebody cares about you, and your care matters. People feel better when they know you care about them, especially in the hard times. So, who cares? Well, we all care about people and things to some extent, but at this podcast, we're here to search for answers to the question, how can we care better? I'm your host, Dan Hedinger, and today I have a very special person. Cindy has experienced more loss than anyone should endure. Yet with all of these premature deaths in her life, she helps others who are going through their losses. I admire this Stephen minister more than I can say, and I'm thankful she is allowing us into her life to hear her story and her relationship with her care receiver. But before we listen to Cindy's story, I need to take a couple minutes and say thanks to some people who made this podcast possible. First, Mountain View Christian Church in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. I served there as pastor of congregational care for a number of years, and they were awesome to work with. I love the people of Mountain View, and they've been rooting for us since the beginning and since the initial dreams of this podcast and have been a great help. Thank you, Mountain View. And a very special thanks to Dan and Zach Harder, who helped me launch this podcast. These first eight episodes are being dedicated to the memory of Dan Harder. Dan and I got together for coffee and breakfast, and we shared ideas and brainstormed. He encouraged me to go for it, and then he offered help with his radio voice, radio equipment, and skills. And just as we began recording, Dan was diagnosed with leukemia. We were shocked and saddened by that, but then way too quickly we lost him. His son, Zach, halfway through his first year of college at Ozark Christian College, heroically stepped up to complete what his dad started. The extra voices that come up later will be Dan and Zach's. Zach, thanks for taking that Christmas break and uh, helping uh, do what your dad had started, helping complete what your dad had started. And also... Thanks to our financial supporters who made it possible to give you these podcasts and a whole lot more. We are Best Care Ministry, and our website is bestcareministry.com. Go there to learn more, get show notes and quotes, read the blog, and please consider making a donation to help expand care ministry and to build a culture of care. We're a nonprofit and listener-supported. We would really appreciate your financial support. The first eight episodes of the Who Cares podcast are a series of people going through a hard time who decided to receive care from a Stephen minister. We hear from both the care receivers and the Stephen ministers when we delve into these stories. Confidentiality is always important, but especially so in Stephen ministry, and we want you to know these people gave us permission to share their stories. Also, these people have been in their caring relationships for a pretty long time and even have been out of these relationships for a while. So it's not premature for them to talk about their stories. 
I'm glad to report they're all doing well and a couple have even trained to become Stephen ministers. A brief disclaimer, the results of the caring relationship are as unique as the situations and people in them, so results may vary, but caring effectively almost always results in something good. Now as you listen to my conversation with Cindy, I hope you will be comforted and encouraged to discover the healing that can come from grieving and the healing that can also come in caring for others. Cindy, you've been through a lot in your life, uh, more than most people have and more than anybody should. Tell us just a little bit about who you are and some of the stuff you've been through personally before we talk about you as a Stephen minister. Thank you, Dan. And um, I... Oh. I uh, started to experience uh, grief in my life with um, a traumatic death that happened um, several years ago, and that was when uh, I, I was at work and found out um, that I needed to come home immediately and found out that my son had come home from high school and had taken his life at age 14. And... Um, loving my son so much and him loving our family so much it was a shock and a very traumatic experience for all of those all of us that were involved in it and um, that was the beginning actually of many deaths following Um, God has always been with me through my grieving process because I was already a believer and I knew when I lost Josh that he would carry me through. He was the only one that would carry me through um, to the other side of grief, and he did. Hey, Cindy. In a future uh, series of these podcasts, we're going to have grief stories, and I really am anxious to go deeper into that story with you because your your experience was profound, and when you talk to me about turning the corner and driving down the street and seeing your daughter sitting on the curb and police officers there. I just can't even imagine how that hit you. But, you know, that's not your only grief experience. I mean, you lost your twin sister, right? Two years later. Two years later to a a heart failure while she was at work. And then you lost your husband to cancer and that's when you and I met in ICU when uh, when when he was there at at the end of of his journey so and then I was at the hospital with you the day your granddaughter died too and uh, of another heart ailment I'm so sorry that you've been through so much but I admire you so much I know you're not here for my admiration but I want you to know I do admire you for wanting to redeem your losses by caring for other people. Uh, And I know God's been with you, but that doesn't take away the grief either, does it? I mean, his presence helps, but we still hurt, don't we? Yes, it's, grief is a process that you learn to live with. It's not something that goes away. Mm -hmm. And especially if you have relationships that are very strong and all of my losses were relationships that were very strong. So how did you make the transition? I mean, some people 
I, I know you give credit to the Lord, so I don't mean to diminish that. But there are many Christians that go through loss, and they still withdraw or become bitter or find it hard to talk to other people about pain and suffering. What was it that that made you interested in caring for people? What made you want to help other people who were going through grief and loss? That's a good question. I'm not sure where it comes from other than that. I think my personality and, and who the Lord made me came at an early age of compassion for friends. I remember when I was in high school and there was a very popular girl that there was something going on in the um, something going on in the cafeteria and there was she was actually I think being uh, assaulted kind of in a you know verbally assaulted by somebody and I came to her aid and my friend said to me you don't even know her why did you go do that and I said I don't know I don't know I just did and if you knew me in high school in grade school and junior high I was a very shy girl no not you Cindy <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I was and uh, over time as I've grown and matured in life God has just given me that ability to speak into other people's lives uh, with with a courage that I I know it's not mine so people who are listening today somebody who's thinking maybe I should be a a Stephen minister maybe I should step up somehow and and be involved in grief share and or divorce care and walk alongside people and they're they're thinking about it what what would you say to that person has do you think that's something God planted in them do you think he's wired people to do that kind of stuff how how would what would you say to that person who's thinking about that well, I think if someone is thinking about it, they really do have a heart for people just by thinking about it. And definitely that's the um, nudging of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And I would tell them to go for it full force. And it's hard in that we don't feel ourselves capable of helping another person. Um, but we can rely on the Holy Spirit to help us and just have the courage to step out and do it to go through the training, and that helps to have courage, uh, give you courage, and, and also the tools to um, be able to work with another person that needs your help. Okay, what you just said, let's break that down into a couple of pieces. You mentioned you don't feel adequate to help somebody else. Describe that feeling of inadequacy, because I think we all struggle with that. We all go, I the staff needs to do that. The senior pastor needs to do that. This super qualified, brilliant person needs to do that. I can't do that. Did you have those feelings too? Absolutely. You feel very insecure in helping another person because you were in a place of insecurity uh, in your own grief. And so coming alongside to help someone else, those insecurities come back uh, in, in talking to another person. And I experienced that many times. It okay. does come back. But but you didn't let it stop you. I think God didn't let it stop. Okay, okay. I, I would say 
he gave me more and more courage as time went on. And I'm guessing, too, he gave you opportunities, like Stephen Ministry. So when did you get interested in becoming a Stephen Ministry, a Stephen Minister? How did that take place? I would say um, I had been working in the church uh, with divorce care and found that very helpful to help others in divorce care. And I knew that once I uh, was in my own grief uh, with, with losing people in my family from death, that that would be a ministry that I would be interested in helping others through grief or uh, recovery from losing a job or divorce, whatever it is, uh, I felt like that would be an expansion of being able to be Okay, so you heard it announced, and you thought, hey, this will take me a step further in caring for people, and so you kept moving forward in wanting to help other people. Yes. Great, great. How did you feel about uh, the things you learned in the training of Stephen Ministry, the specific skills? Which ones did you think were most helpful and and how did you feel about the training and how intense it was? And I mean, here you are, you've already been doing uh, various forms of ministry. Did you still find Stephen ministry training helpful? Yes. Uh, it's all encompassing. So a lot of it has to do with techniques of listening and also sharing uh, scripture, coming alongside one, someone talking to them and them sharing with the care provider things that are on their heart and uh, so it's a give and take type of conversation and relationship and getting to know them and Stephen's ministry training helps you prepare for all of that. How would you think Stephen ministry helped you listen better? You already were a pretty good listener. You, I, I know a little bit about what you had to do in your job in sales. You had to listen to people. I uh, I know what you did in divorce care. You had to listen to people. How did the training of Stephen Ministry help you listen better? I think going through the techniques and doing that uh, within a group setting with other Stephen uh, ministers that were in training helped because we did a lot of uh, role-playing, and that was significant. And also just learning scripture that was helpful in settings uh, with care receivers, things like that, that you could bring alongside as help aids. Okay. Now, you talked about this a couple minutes ago, but I want to visit again because I think it's a big subject. Did you ever have fears and doubts? You know, am I really adequate for this? Am I, am I doing any good? Am I going to get in over my head oh yes <laughs> and I have been in over my head before and that requires a lot of prayer and preparation of my heart uh, in order to be with a care receiver oftentimes God leads us to an uncomfortable place I believe to do okay. his work okay so if anybody's sitting out there going well I can't do this well, join the club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because that's not that's not a reason not to do it. Because because exactly. we all face that fear. How did peer supervision, among other Stephen ministers, help 
and encourage you in uh, in your role as a Stephen minister? Well, number one, we're all in this together. We train together, and also give we give feedback when we meet, you know, and have uh, conversations in regard to our care receivers and how things are going. I think that's a way that you have accountability, but you also have encouragement. And uh, safety. And safety, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And the care receivers' names are never shared, so it's just a, you know, a camaraderie of, okay, uh, you said this, and I think that's a good way to go, but here's another suggestion for you. So there's always that give-and-take conversation with other care receivers and um, or givers and it it's just a very safe place to come back to and and have as a resource so you really don't have to feel you may feel insecure but you don't have to feel alone because you've got god's presence number one but then you do have the the presence of other stephen ministers who are also meeting with you on a regular basis correct correct and that and that helps you to feel like you're on the right track with um, providing care, and also you receive encouragement and suggestions along the way. Now, the, you're not doing it alone, but then your visit actually is alone. So let's talk about your first visit with your care receiver. Okay. So how did you set that up? Where did you meet? How were you feeling when you were gonna have your first visit with your care receiver, uh, talk to us about that. Describe that as best mm -hmm. you can remember it. Okay. I'll first go back a step and tell you when I met my first care receiver, and I was in the receiving line at the funeral of her son's death, and that's when I met her. Um, obviously, I already had that in common with her because I had lost my son. And there was an immediate connection, I feel, even just meeting her that day. Uh, but that plummeted us forward to meet again for coffee, and we usually met for coffee uh, to have our moments of time together. Where'd you meet for coffee? Usually Starbucks. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we started there because I think it was a safe place and nearby and uh, just a comfortable setting for us to be away from our families and be able to just converse, the two of us. You know, I think that's important for people to know that we can have very deep, personal, meaningful conversations in a public place. Right. Now, it might get a little awkward if there are tears, uh, but, but we can just meet with people in the highways and byways of life. And we can meet in the coffee shop and have uh, profound interactions with people. So you had met her before, you knew you had the death of your sons in common, and then you agreed to meet and, and have coffee. Okay, how did the conversation go when you met? How did you lead the conversation? How did you set up of what Stephen Ministries about? Well, I think uh, we first had a conversation about uh, what Stephen Ministry is about and why uh, you know, it takes place and why God allowed this to, interaction to occur in the first place. But I think most of all, we started to get to know each other 
and understand our family dynamics. And also from there, we started to talk about the dynamics of our children and some of the similarities of our sons. And just having that camaraderie of conversation uh, helped us to grow deeper in relationship. So what were your feelings? And, and let's even go back to the first visit. Did you have, were you nervous? Uh, after you started doing it, did you kind of calm down and get your legs under you and feel good about it? What, what was it like? When did you start feeling comfortable? Oh, the second I met my care receiver, okay. I was comfortable. Um, I, I truly believe that in this setting, God gives us that connection that we need. And I really felt that God gave us that opportunity to meet that way. And because of our similarities of our grief and a traumatic death, we immediately had a connection. And then add to that a connection that we both had with uh, knowing the Lord just made it even deeper. So those feelings of inadequacy and all, they, they didn't hold you back. And evidently, they didn't last that long. There was a, a certain comfort and familiarity that, uh, that, overcame, that overcame that initial discomfort. Absolutely. Very quickly. It was very quickly for you. Mm -hmm. how, how did you know your time with your care receiver was worthwhile for her? Uh, when did it start breaking through that, hey, I'm, I'm making a difference in somebody's life here? I don't know that that was really something that I realized. I just knew that I, in my heart, I had to be there to have conversation. And that's really my motivation was I felt God was behind it. And I felt like as a woman who had lost my son, I had that connection with her and the rest God took care of. So you weren't really even worried about, is this succeeding or not? You just knew it was the right thing to be there, and you're going to let the results up to God. And yeah, absolutely. yeah. well, that's, that's a very interesting viewpoint, uh, because most of us are in, so insecure, we've got to have some sort of validation along the way. But you were more comfortable with that, and that's, uh, that's duly noted. Uh, now, you mentioned the grief that you had in your life, and it, it's been profound, Cindy. It's really been profound, and I'm, I'm sorry that you've had to go through it, and I know we didn't even mention your dad, and you lost him, and, and he was a long death due to his Parkinson's and dementia and the things that were involved there. Uh, What's it like to carry somebody else's problems when you're having challenges of your own? I mean, when your life is heavy with grief, what's it like to take on somebody else's grief? It's very interesting because I think God uses our own grief with another person's grief. And in an odd way, I don't even know how to describe it, he comforts us. I think when you're in the will of God and you feel that in your heart, it naturally comes out. You don't think about the process of it. You just, uh, you just do it because you want to 
be in fellowship with God and you want to be in fellowship with other people who are hurting because you know how hard it is. And I think that is actually the driving force between behind a um, minister giver is the heart that God gives you because you're your own grief that you're able to or want to give that to others. How would you say caring for somebody else helps you with your grief? I think you were getting to that. Yeah, I, I absolutely, when I look back, I see that that camaraderie between uh, two people actually helps the process for both of you. And I didn't realize that going in, but it's from reflection back that I've seen it. So reflecting back, you see that helping your care receiver actually helped you at the same time. How would you describe your care receiver now after meeting with you for an extended period of time? Hmm. How's she doing? She's amazing. <laughs> she was amazing to begin with, but she's still amazing. And I feel has carried her grief really well and learned to live with it. And how are you doing now? How would you describe yourself after being her Stephen minister for an extended period of time? I think I also have received... Uh, in a wonderful way, um, fellowship with her and also camaraderie and also received um, different ways of comforting in my own grief. How are you different? This is a hard question. And for listeners, Cindy wasn't prepared for this question. <laughs> uh, how are you different now? than you were when you started your Stephen ministry relationship with this person? I feel that I have more compassion for hurting people in other directions, not only with grief, but just people that are struggling for whatever reason. So care, you went in with your own grief. You walked alongside a person in grief, and you come out more compassionate. That's beautiful. That's the power of caring for other people. Do you have any goals or desires going forward as a Stephen minister or a caregiver? Yes, I do. I would be, I'd like to be more involved with my husband in suicide prevention and the care ministry directly related to suicide. That by far was the most traumatic experience of death that I had in my family. So you really want to redeem your loss and, uh, and help other people who have experienced the death by suicide of their children. Yes. Well, Cindy, I thank you for being here. I thank you for sharing your story. I thank you for sharing your life with others. And I pray that God will multiply your kindness and compassion and that other people will become a little bit more like Jesus because they've heard your story. Thank, Thank you. you for being with us today. It's been an honor. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Who Cares and this incredible story of Cindy, the Stephen minister who experienced a lot of grief but became more compassionate by caring for others. The Who Cares Podcast is a production of Best Care Ministries.
If you'd like to help us grow this project, share this with your friends and please consider donating at bestcareministry.com. Thanks again to Mountain View Christian Church for their help as we kick this project off. This episode was hosted by Dan Hedinger. It was produced and edited by Zach Harder and edited by Andrew Hedinger. Our opening song is A New Morning by Zach Harder. Our closing song is Peace in the Midst by Jim Hedinger. We hope you learned something to help you both receive care and care effectively for someone else. Together, in that kind of care, we can and we will make a positively unforgettable impact on those around us. And hey, we hope to have you back for the next episodes of the Who Cares podcast. Now, take these next two minutes for self-care in the quiet and see what you hear. <laughs>